Welcome back to Adventures in Bad Parenting and Other Weird Stories. This is episode five, Preggers. I just think that's a funny word. I like saying it a lot. It makes it seem like women who are expectant are not, you know, women who are expectant. It makes them sound like, you know, preggers, like these odd little hobbit creatures that wander around waiting to to give birth. I, I don't really know, but that's what I see in my head when I hear the word. My wife has a friend who's what's called a serial preggers. Not someone that sits around eating cereal while she's pregnant, but I mean, she is like a serial killer, but you know, pregnancy wise, she just, every nine months, there's a new child in there ready to get out. Boys, girls, twins. She just keeps having kids. So we call her preggers, whether she's pregnant or not. And the thing is, usually you can get away with just saying, Hey, what's up preggers? Because she usually is. There's like maybe a two week gap. I don't know. But anyway, she's a really nice lady and probably the most patient person on earth. She even watches our kids, which I think is weird. Like it just seems after having so many of your own, you'd be like, get away from me. But no, she, she's a kind lady. I probably should quit calling her Pragers. All right, chapter two, church Pragers. My wife and I go to a church that is obsessed with having lots of kids. We go, we're, we're a faithful bunch, but we only have three kids and I love them to death, but I am so nervous and worried and just overwhelmed most of the time only having three kids. I don't think I could have more, but these people, they don't play around, man. Like they have entire platoons of children, unruly crazy platoons of children. I swear, like if there was a a war, they could have child soldiers that would, you know, fight for them to the end. It's like they all watch Cheaper by the Dozen. And instead of seeing it as, oh, that's a, that's a farciful comedy. They're like, no, this is a life way. This is something we need to try. In fact, we need to set the bar higher. And I, I don't think any of them have figured out they are not cheaper by the dozen or cheap at all. They just keep, keep popping them out. Sometimes there'll be a new young couple that comes to church who hasn't had kids yet. So when the woman finally says, I'm preggers, like everyone gets all excited. Mostly they're women. They, they get all excited and they hug and they cry and they, they make a big circle of hugging and you can see the estrogen like flying around through their arms like a big circuit. And I, I try to be positive. I'm like, yay, you're going to have kids. Cool. But really, it's kind of like when your buddy comes to you all starry-eyed and excited because he just joined the army. He just got back from the military entrance processing station, which is a degrading, awkward, bad experience, but he's still happy. He's like, oh, dude, I joined up. And again, same thing. You need to act happy. You need to be supportive and respectful and kind and patriotic even. But, you know, as a a veteran parent, or I guess active duty parent, and as a a veteran service member, I know what's going to happen to all of these people. All right, it's not going to be pleasant. Whether you're a new new parent or a new recruit, you are never going to sleep again. You are going to hear screaming and yelling and crying at all hours. Nothing you do will ever be right. You will not know what to do. No matter how hard you try to make this person happy, it it will not be correct, and things are not going to get better. And and your back is going to hurt real bad too. That's the other thing. Your back, your ankles, your knees. It's just a, a rough situation all around. It's usually women who are all excited about the kids. You know, when we get away from them, the guys kind of retreat to their corner, to their to the dugout, and we talk to the new father. I always lay down some words of wisdom, unsolicited, but I just say, you know what? You've already signed your life away. You might as well join up now. You might as well you might as well join the military now because I mean, you're going to have a kid and they're going to help pay for the child and the military is also the one place you can be a delinquent father and still be looked at as a good father 
Like, you know, if you're not there when your kids are born or you're never around, you're a bad dad. But if you're in the military, no, man, you're defending freedom. You're, you're a good guy. And what's more, I don't know how many times I've been kicked, hit, slapped, and even like headbutted in the groin by children. If that happens to you in the military, there's pension and coverage and help for you. But if you're just out there, you know, no, no protection, no help, and your kid does that to you, or even worse, turns out to be a serial killer or like Chucky and kills you in your sleep, well, <laughs> we can't help you. So anyway, that's the speech I give. Um, and my wife says, don't give that speech. No one asked you to stop saying these things to people um, and gets kind of upset. So I don't know. I've just, I've just decided to remain silent in the house of worship. And pretty much everywhere else, except for on the podcast. Right, chapter 2, Walmart Preggers. I stay really far away from pregnant women, um, mostly because I don't want to get pregnant. And it's worked pretty good so far. There was a time I was in Walmart. And there's a woman who actually wasn't pregnant, but she had been, um, by the look of it, at least many, many times. Because she had a whole squad of little kids following her around. And, I mean, if she had harnesses, she could have put them on the shopping cart and, like, you know, done Christmas that year. If they could fly, she would have been good. There was Donner, Blitz, and all these these unkempt, unwashed children. And she she apparently had no interest in laundry. Maybe it was the kids did that to her. Like, maybe at one time she was, like, this, you know, upscale Target soccer mom and the kids ruined it for her. But she yells to this guy behind her who not only isn't interested in laundry but apparently in sleeves. She says... Y'all want to have more kids, you're going to have to have the next one yourself. And never have I been more frightened. I had no idea that men could get pregnant, but apparently this fine woman of the Walmart was dropping some serious, serious truth bombs on my very paranoid and worried brain, and it scared me very bad. And that was it for me. I mean, I was, after that, I, I have been very, very watchful in public places. My friend's wife, Pregger's the one that's always pregnant. She comes and knocks on the door. And I, if, if I look through the keyhole and see her standing there, I don't answer. She, she stays outside. If she brought some cookies by, she better leave them there because that's not happening to me. When I'm at doctor's offices, I'm especially careful because doctor's offices are places that pregnant women like to go, apparently. And I'll be sitting in a chair, and there's not a lot of chairs anymore because of COVID, right? And a preggers woman will come in, and I'll be like, oh, crap. And I'll look at her and be like, excuse me, excuse me, do you want to sit here? And I get up, and everyone's like, oh, that's so nice. He's giving his seat away. And I'm like, yeah, I'm a nice guy. I'm giving my seat away. This is not altruism. Okay, this is actually very selfish because she comes over. She sits in the chair. If she's sitting in that chair, I know where she is. And she can't sneak up on me and be like, tag, you're pregnant now. Ha, ha, ha. And then I move to the other side of the corner of the room, or preferably by an exit. So if she decides to get a hankering and jump up and try to tag me and be like, ha, ha, you're pregnant now. I have a little bit more room to run, a little bit more room to maneuver. So it's not, I'm not being a nice person at all. My favorite place to go where I feel really safe are amusement parks. Apparently you're not legally supposed to discriminate against pregnant women, but uh, at amusement parks, they have all these signs uh, that say, you know, if you have neck pain, back pain, if you're expecting, you can't ride this ride. So that's my place. I'm just like, yeah, I'm going to ride Space Mountain 35,000 times today because I feel safe. I feel I'm surrounded by good people here. Even if they're 13, they're still, at least they're not, you know, pregnant or they wouldn't be in that line. The only thing I would like is if they change the signs at amusement parks to say, instead of like, you know, expectant mothers, it said, you know, all ye who are heavy with child shall not pass through these portals. Or, you know, something more biblical, something with more oomph. Ten commandment E. Speaking of signs, 
and Walmart. I pull into Walmart the other day, probably to get something for the kids or to get away from the kids. In retrospect, it was a poor choice because Walmart is not the place to get away from children. Like you're, you're going to be around plenty of children in there and they're not going to be uh, ruly or well-behaved. But I pull in and I see an open space. It's right by the Walmart. I'm like, heck yeah. And I signal. And then as I start to pull in, it says, you know, this is for Purple Heart recipients. And I was like, oh, cool. Okay. All right. So I back out and I'm feeling, you know, proud of America. I am very thankful. And I'm not kidding about that. And I'm, I'm thankful Walmart, Walmart's giving him a shout out. And I try to pull into the space next to the Purple Heart space. And there it says expectant mothers only. And then on the sign for the Preggers, there's a death bird. There's like, it looks like a giant death bird carrying a bowling ball in a bag from its mouth. And I think it's probably the guardian angel of Prager's women's. Like if you upset them, if you make them mad, if you make them cry, it shoots down out of the sky and sticks its nose, its beak nose right into your heart. And I'm like, oh gosh, you know, I just wish there was, there was a hardened veteran, like a purple heart guy right by me to help protect me from their death birds. So I, I parked very far away from the Prager spot. Like at the end, I was actually all the way by um, Panda Express. I park there and then I walk all the way into the Walmart just being weary. I think I'm a Target guy or an Amazon guy for life now. All right. Chapter three, my own pregnancies, which I, I hate to say it that way. They, they weren't mine. I mean, the kids were mine, but the pregnancies were my wife's, which is <laughs> funny that you can put it that way. Anyway, my first kid, I wasn't. I wasn't there when he was born. The drill sergeant actually grabbed me and was like, hey, what do you know about your wife? And I was like, did she have our baby drill sergeant? He's like, yeah, here's the Red Cross message. And he even let me call her. And I was a bad husband because <laughs> I had been locked in, you know, like for a month going to boot camp. And uh, when I called her, I, you know, told her, great, this is great. Is the baby okay? And then I was like, did you pay this bill? Did you get the tree in front of the house cut down? <laughs> and she still brings that up about how terrible and unthoughtful that was. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, um, maybe we can have a, a terrible an Adventures and Bad husbandy, Husbanding podcast or something like that. But anyway, again, you thought I was kidding about the delinquent father thing and how it's okay if you're in the military. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I meant that. Uh, you know, I was defending freedom, you know. N- not really. I was showing grown men how to tie a tie when they wore their dress blues and helping clean a lot of floors. But you, most people don't need to know that. So finally... We all get together in Germany, and we have another baby. And all week before my wife had the baby, uh, she would, like, wince and make these weird ow and, you know, things. I'm like, oh, my gosh, are you having the baby? Is your water broken? And I was kind of curious if I would be able to see it, like, on the ground. And she'd be like, no, calm down. And I was like, okay. And that went on for about a week. And then finally, in at, like, 2 in the morning one night, I think it was a Sunday, my wife wakes me up and she's like, yeah, we got to get going. And I'm like, no, no. Cause she had jerked me around all week with her wincing and fussing. And I was like, no, I'm not getting out of bed until I'm sure you're having a baby. I didn't, I didn't say that, but that was what I was thinking. And my wife, she was complaining that I make her look bad on the podcast. But the truth is, instead of being like, get out of bed, she rolled over and like either read something or played a game on her phone before insisting, Hey, it's really time to get out of bed. So anyway, I grab her and take her outside and put her in the car. And my wife is like, you need to hurry up. And I'm like, I know it's the Autobahn, but I'm going to drive safe. So I pull up. I was awesome. Germans are notoriously efficient. I am awesome at being efficient sometimes. I pull up 
And I leave her in the car. I run inside and I was like, Entschuldigung, ich brauche ein Dinger für meine Schwangerfrau. Which I think is sort of like saying, excuse me, I need a thing for my pregnant wife, my pregnant woman, as they put it. And I grabbed the wheelchair, grabbed Nancy, put her in there and took her up. And then I parked the car. And uh, then right as I came in, you know, total efficiency, I go up and Nancy pushed three times and the baby came out. And it was all good. And she was like, you know, everyone's like, holy crap, you cut that close. I'm like, no, no. I just, I don't call it lazy. I call it efficient. Then I went and got something to eat in the cafeteria. And that was the weird thing. You know, in America, hospitals are like healthy. They had like beer in their cafeteria. A lot of it. Like lots of different kinds. I don't drink, but even I noticed that and thought that was weird. So I go up to see Nancy and the kid and they both seem happy. The scariest thing was my daughter would go like, like she would make these horrible like choking sounds and it was bad enough when you're surrounded by doctors but it got even weirder when we took her home like and she'd make these horrible noises and you're like she's choking nancy had to stay in the hospital for like two weeks she was fine but they were worried about her iron or something so she's sitting there and then she has all these roommates that she's sort of friends with and then her roommate kept crying and sobbing and i was like holy crap nancy did her baby is it okay that it die and nancy's like no it she just has postpartum depression. And I was like, what's that? And she's like, women cry and feel sad sometimes after they have a baby. And I was like, oh gosh. And that scared me even more because you know how I've been worried about having babies. And then there's this fear of, of crying in public afterwards. So I don't know what to do about that. Okay. Final chapter, chapter four, the umbilical cord. All right. This is freakish. Again, wasn't there for the first baby that was born in the States, was there for the second one in Germany. Apparently, they don't do this, or maybe they just thought I was weird. They're like, don't give him anything sharp. Third baby back in Wyoming. Yeah, it's on. We believe in doing things our own way here and taking care of things. So right away, after the baby three comes out, it has this long purple like vein running from its abdomen into who knows what. And they're like, here, you want to cut that? I'm like, <laughs> no. That was disgusting, though. Like, I'm so clumsy and awkward. I was worried I would just hurt the baby or the wife. And I was also freaking out about the thought of, like, squishing into this thing with a pair of pliers or scissors, whatever they had. And the thought of it, like, snapping underneath just gave me the willies. So I was like, no, this is this is your problem, guy. And those are my four stories regarding pregnancy and preggers and my terrible fear of pregnancy. For all of you who are pregnant or thinking about getting pregnant or who might get pregnant, uh, kids are super, super hard, but it does seem like it has been worth it because I have, believe it or not, grown up a lot. If you think I'm an idiot now, you should have met me before we had children. And uh, that's all I have to say about that. I hope you're doing well and hang in there. We're going to get through this.